Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Manchester United Football Social with full-time devils. All right, then, let's do this. This is the Excess Manchester Football Social full-time De- Devils Takeover. My name is Guys Drinkwater. I'm your host tonight, joined in the studio by Massive Reds, Abdul and Sue. How are we doing, guys? I'm all right. How are you doing, guys? How are you doing, Sue? I'm all right, guys. Are you? This isn't your first time on the uh, Thursday nights, is it? Just the second. Second, second time on yeah. the Thursday nights, second, right. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Relatively inexperienced, but not a debutante, necessarily. No. <laughs> uh, 0345 7625 if you want to get in touch with the show today. 87711 as well if you want to drop us a text. Or you can get us in the YouTube comments as well. We're all over them. Loads of stuff on the way on today's show before 8 o'clock. We're going to be talking about Rio Ferdinand being linked to the director of football job at Manchester United. Are the rumours? Is there something concrete in it? We're going to get to the bottom of it next. Uh, also, I've got a little YouTube comments game. I know everyone used to love the games that Joe used to do when he was when he was on the show. Abdullah's shaking his head, he's, he's not agreeing. But uh, I've got a YouTube comments game of my own on the way. And also, celebrating against your old club. Is it normal? Is it fine to do? Do people just need to grow up about it? I, I think so, to be honest. Uh, only one place we can start, though. This is the full-time Devils takeover, and we are a Manchester United fans channel, so it's got to be Manchester United-related, related, hasn't it? And it's all about Rio Ferdinand. And before we discuss Rio... Uh, and whether he's going to be getting this director of footballers gig or not. Can we first clear one thing up? Exactly what is a director of football? Abdul, help me out. Oh, mate, I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I know looking around Europe and um, sort of how it is at Ajax, uh, Juventus, it's more than the director of football that you have above sort of the manager and that is... Um, you have your technical director. Sometimes it's technical director, not just, and, and there's a director of football. Sometimes it's just one of them. Sometimes there's like a, the transfer guys alongside them. I don't know what you call so, them. Sorry, I'm trying to figure this yeah. out in my own head. Am I right panel. in thinking that when they say sporting director, yeah. that's the same as director of football, isn't it? Yeah, well, right. it depends. Some oh. clubs have, it's mental. Some clubs actually have one or two of whatever you call it, and some of them have one. And uh, it's, it's basically taking care of con- uh, contracts, transfers. Usually they have someone alongside them working. To my knowledge, that's what it is. If you look at um, how sort of Ajax run it, I think Edwin van der Sar, I'm not particularly sure if he is the director, but he's yeah. more the business side of stuff. Uh, and then you've got Overmars who deals with the football 
but they both understand obviously football, unlike Ed Woodward. So <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> well, this is what I was going to ask about Edwin Van der Sar because some people have said, "Oh, why don't we just go and get him?" And I'm like, he's in a totally different yeah. job, isn't he? Yeah, like, he's, yeah. he's not even to do with the uh, signing and selling of players. But in Rio's case, uh, it's been reported that it will be purely to oversee transfers. So can I ask Sue, what does Rio know? that Oli Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't in that respect. Well, you tell me, because I don't think he knows anything about contracts or anything like that. He needs someone that's got a brain. Rio's obviously very good at football, but I'm not sure he's got a good brain to mm. do contracts and that. And I'd say a director of football with somebody that knows about football and leave Ed Woodward out of that, someone that can go and look round and see what players we want, sort contracts out, not... I, I don't think Rio Ferdinand's the right person. He could be a coach, a, an assistant coach or something, hmm. but not, not a director I of think, football. I, I, don't I was think. just looking at Edwin van der Sar. I think he's CEO. And That's then, totally different. And I think, yeah. And then you look at uh, Overmars, who's more the football side of stuff. So I think what you can do with Rio Ferdinand is if you put Mike Field in there as a director of football, which it seems like a bit of a lazy option in mm. a way. The understanding, though, of what's happening here is that they want someone that understands the club who's worked with Sir Alex Ferguson and all that. Now, I'm actually with that and a lot of people in my generation, they, they always argue against that. Why do you always have to use, you know, the players, the ex-players and all that around the club? I'm actually with the fact that you use players or, you know, anyone who worked alongside Sir Alex Ferguson in particular because they understand how Alex Ferguson works everything Mike Phelan would have seen how Alex Ferguson delegated and you know given everyone a certain job around the club and, and what to do to run the club because Sir Alex was running the club from top to bottom you got to understand he was watching our under 10s play because he delegated because he allowed Rennie and Mike Phelan to do what they liked sort of in training with the first team, he'd visit everyone, he'd understand what's going on around the club and I think that's something we lack and maybe Mike Phelan can bring that. Now, maybe Rio Ferdinand can be like the second guy who who has a bit more of a connection with the players, which we lack right now. I think a lot of the players are concerned with what's happening. I don't think Rio comes across as... Like, Gary Neville's a bit more confident and seems to know what he's talking about real does it close to your mic sue <laughs> yeah. i love it i yeah, love this how lovely too. sue is by the way right we're in the studio so no one can see us oh we can actually we're on youtube as well but sue actually is looking around the computer screen just so she can have eye contact with me while we're having a conversation that's how polite sue is even though we're on the radio go on okay. what were you saying then um i think neville's got more of the intelligence and the know-how Rio, to me, doesn't. I, I, I don't know. He just doesn't come across articulate enough. And maybe I'm going to get a load of stick for this, but he just... No, it, it's a Gary Neville on a... What about well, well, Why, why could he be a director of football? I, I, don't know, I, I don't know about um, about that, because Rio Ferdinand, let's not forget, he is a great businessman. He has his, you know, his businesses that have done really well. The Rio Ferdinand years. hats. Yeah, but he'll have, he'll <laughs> have, have they not done well? They've done well because he's Rio Ferdinand, not because he's a brilliant businessman. Yeah, he'll have PR people doing that for Probably. But he, he hasn't got a business brain. You can I just think Jesse Lingard as uh, director at yeah. this rate. He's doing all right with it. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah, fair so. enough. All right. Shot down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I get your point. Uh, Keith's on the phone. Keith, welcome to the show. Uh, what do you think about Rio Ferdinand being linked to the Manchester United director of football job? Can you hear me, yeah? Yeah, I can hear you, Keith. Can I hear you, Keith? Right. Um, I think it'll be the right decision, personally. You see what Ajax have done. Their director of football is Mark Overmars, isn't it? And he had no experience whatsoever before that. So to have Real Ferdinand as director of football, to have club legends there, 
who will actually care for the club and rather than having experienced people I'd rather have club legends who really would, would do anything for this club personally. It's very interesting that Keith um, what you say about Mark Overmars then. So why do you think it is necessarily more important for us to get someone like Rio Ferdinand who understands the ethos of the club and is obviously a club legend like you say than someone who's uh, been around the world and done this job at various different places? I, I just heard that you said that he's a great businessman and I kind of can agree with that but like somebody else said it is because his name is Real Ferdinand, but he is an alright businessman. Yeah. Uh, I guess he kind of did build it from the ground up, but I can I can see it working out with for the long term. It'll be a good option, and I think he's in contact with Jaden Sancho, so that could be one step towards getting in. Hey, I tell you what, if it, if it guarantees a player like Jaden Sancho is coming to Man yeah. United, I'll well, be, that that I'll was be the point I was making. Indeed. I think he has more of a connection with the up-and-coming players a lot of the time. Um, he has more of a feel for them compared to the likes of Gary Neville and that understands him a bit more. Maybe Ed Woodward's move is to have him alongside Mike Phelan or, you know, bring in someone like Paul Mitchell who's worked at Leipzig and other clubs across Europe. Maybe that's the idea. I personally, I'd, I'd be happy with that. You know, have two people around that role. Sort of what Ajax have done. Um, and yeah, let, let, let's just hope we make the right decisions in, in the coming month. Keith, totally appreciate your call, mate. 0345 777 if you want to get in touch with the XS Manchester Football Social full-time Devils takeover tonight. We're on till 8 o'clock. Uh, Matt's on the phone. Matt, your thoughts on the director of football situation, mate? Uh, would you be happy with Rio? Would you want someone else in? Hi, Cass. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I think that would be, um, like you were then saying, to have someone like Rio Ferdinand come in. Um, obviously, like a legend of the club, um, you know, play, play, you know, been there, done the paperwork, should I say? Um, and obviously, um, you know, and obviously with how 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 our position has been all season, um, like last week against Chelsea. I mean, you would you would think, in all honest opinion, um, something has to change between now and the end of the season. And I think Rio Ferdinand would be. Uh, the perfect choice to work a lot, you know, to get there, to work behind the scenes with Solskjaer to um, um, try, you know, try and get us back to where, where, you know, where we should be sort of thing. Okay. When it uh, comes to transfers yeah. though, because it has been billed that the yeah. Rio's job would be purely transfer related. What, what yeah. I put to Sue before, I said, what does Rio know about transfers that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't? Uh, I mean... Um, I mean, I mean, when you look at some of our players that brought in, such as um, you know, uh, <laughs> um, I would say like the ones like obviously, um, you know, look, look, uh, um, just trying to think who, who we've got. Now. Um, look, at, I mean, you look at Lukaku. I mean, he hasn't since we brought him in from Everton. Obviously, I don't think probably he hasn't found his proper form sort of thing. Um, and obviously. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think like I, one. I know yeah. what I know. I know what you're saying, mate. Yeah, yeah, some of the some of the transfers we've yeah. made recently maybe haven't worked out. Matt, really do appreciate your call. Oh three four five triple one seven six two five is the number to call if you want to get involved with the football social tonight. We've got Charles on the phone. Charles, what are you making of the uh, director of football situation at United now, mate? How you guys doing? Yeah, good man. Good to good have mate. you on the Thanks. show. Uh, so what I think about the Rio situation is like Rio was a world class defender mm. way before 
way before anyone knew what world-class defenders uh, way before anyone knew what world-class defenders were Rio Ferdinand came in and kind of changed the mold so when you think about that I mean it's kind of easy to say that you don't think Rio is like smart enough or he doesn't speak like he's smart enough but I mean what does Van der Sar know about running a club what does Overmars know I think he studied uh, something along business just to say about Van der Sar before he actually <laughs> yeah, took the role for a few that, years. that's the problem yeah. Overmars yeah, though it's a good I mean, point yeah, what I mean is it's it's about having the knowledge of a club and having the knowledge of football. And that's what that's what someone like Rio Ferdinand brings. Because when you think about it, all of these people that we've hired from Van Howe to Mourinho, these managers talk a good game. And we have a lot of people at the club that talk a good game. But not a lot of people are putting into action. So why not try something different? Why not try a Rio Ferdinand who goes on Sky Sports every day and, and shows the passion he has for the club and has all these connects? Uh, that's one point I wanted to make. But the other point I wanted to make was about Ander Herrera, if you guys let me. Yeah, yeah, Charles, tell us. Uh, so one thing I was no- I've been noticing recently, I've been noticing a lot of the United fans always talking about uh, Paul Pogba and always talking about how we don't have a lot of leaders in the, in the team. Hmm. And then you look at Ander Herrera coming in, uh, after all of these games being missing, he comes in and we, not to say we had a better game, but we not to say we won the game, but we had a better game against Chelsea. And I think the reason we have a better, we had a better game against Chelsea is because Andrew Herrera brings the balance that Paul Pogba needs in the club. Everyone talks about Paul Pogba being a world-class player. He is one, but without Vidal next to Paul Pogba, who was doing all of Paul Pogba's tracking back, Paul Pogba wasn't, wouldn't have been the Paul Pogba that we know today. Like, you think about... Ander Herrera has been under three different managers now. All of them never treated him with the respect that he deserved. But after a couple of games when we started losing, you bring Ander Herrera in and suddenly we start winning. There's no coincidence to that. So people are saying to me now, oh, he's not worth 200000 But who's won more for the club than Ander Herrera in the time that Ander Herrera has been there? Yeah. I mean, Paul Pogba's Paul Pub got won as many trophies as Ander Herrera. I, I, I think... Hanover. I think it's also important what you say then about the way Ander Herrera compliments Paul Pogba's abilities. I totally agree with that, Charles. Sue, what do you think of that point there um, about Ander Herrera? Well, we talked about Her- uh, Herrera a couple of weeks ago when I was in, and I mean, I was saying I, I, I quite like him and I think he's really passionate. And Webby said to me, well, we're all passionate. I'm passionate. You're passionate. He's, he's not good enough. They just didn't seem to think Herrera was good enough. And I think, I don't think he is. Um, Pogba... I mean, Pogba's another story, isn't he? Um, but no, I, I don't like him. Um, and I just think he's not... We all thought he was going to be captain at one point, didn't we? Because he was playing really well. But I just don't rate him. And I, I, I personally... Yeah. I look at it like this. With Ander Herrera, um, our best games under every single manager, Louis van Gaal in the FA Cup run, uh, in the Europa League under Jose Mourinho, whenever Ander Herrera's been brought back into the side... He's done brilliantly and, and we've played a lot better in midfield. With Ander Herrera, it's it's a bit of a weird one because people sort of don't understand his role. You know, he when you look at the numbers, a lot of people don't like looking at the numbers, but those numbers are what clubs look at a lot when they sign those players. And that's why Paris have looked at him. His interceptions were higher than Kante when he had his best season for Chelsea. And that was big part. Of, that was a big part of his games. You look at the forward passes he was playing to Marcus Rashford in that Chelsea game when we beat them after defending brilliantly against Eden Hazard. And he, so many examples that you can bring up with Ander Herrera in the Europa League final, leading in that middle yeah. of the pitch, yeah, but- telling Mkhitaryan to get in the box. My issue is, is there's about 10, 15 players in that squad that shouldn't be anywhere near him. Instantly, the other day, 
on in that game against Chelsea on the turn he was a lot quicker than everyone else he was he was uh, sort of ushering telling Matic what to do I think the issue last summer was we never replaced Matic Matic should have been replaced within a season he's way too slow in progressing the ball I think buying Fred was also wrong last summer I do like Fred I think he can be a good player just give him a bit of time he needs to adapt to the league the issue is I, I would have personally gone for Rabiot someone who progresses the ball and he's defensively uh, sound you'd say and unfortunately I think we never replaced Matic someone to compliment both Herrera and Pogba last summer and I do I, I fully understand Herrera going now he's not been trusted by Freewell Oli has trusted him whenever he's fit he's, he's actually played him and he's done well for us and our best uh, run has sort of come with with Herrera the issue is again um, I think he's coming toward the end of his contract he ne- United have never didn't nail down his contract last summer so why doesn't he take a big contract at Paris before his career ends Go on, lad, take it. Yeah. I, I can't blame. I can't blame him. Go on, Sue. Not, I don't think he's consistent enough. You don't think he's consistent no, enough, no, Char- I don't think so. Uh, Charles, no. what, what do you make to that? We still got you on the phone. I, I would say, I would say one last thing, if that's all right. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't buy Ander Herrera because he was a terrible player that wasn't consistent. We bought Ander Herrera because he bullied Schweinsteiger. He bullied Schneiderlin when he played against us for Athletic the Bow, but no one remembers that. That's the last point I'd give. It's not that Ander Herrera is not a quality player. It's that people haven't played. He's come from a, he came as a number 10. And the same way Anderson did when he came as an attacking player, he got turned into a different type of player. And he still played really well for us. Yeah, but the management around him hasn't been, good, hasn't been good enough. Charles, some really interesting points. Make sure you give us a call again in the next few weeks, mate. Will do, lads. I've enjoyed the rest of your day. Nice one, pal. 0345 This is the XS Manchester Football Social. Full-time Devils Takeover. Uh, right, on the way, we're going to be talking about celebrating against your own uh, your old club and also United's Player of the Year contenders. I mean, if you'd even call them <laughs> contenders at this point. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. And as well, I've got a little bit of a game surrounding some YouTube comments uh, about our Player of the Year contenders. That's all on the way on XS Manchester. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Manchester United Football Social with full-time Devils. It is XS Manchester, it is the Football Social and this is the Full-Time Devils Takeover on a Thursday evening, 7 till 8pm. My name's Gaz, I'm your host tonight. Uh, Abdul's in the studio with me. Hello, Abdul. I bet you're right. Sue's here too. Sue, hello. Hi, guys. Let's turn your mic all the way up this time. Uh, and before we go to the next bit, we're going to be talking about Player of the Year contenders in a sec. But first, I've come up with this game because we recently had a video on Full Time Devils discussing who United's Player of the Year will be. Uh, what I'm going to do now, guys, is I'm going to read you three comments from that video, all of which are about one player in particular. You just need to tell me which player it's nice. about. Like easy as that, that yeah. right? Yeah, okay. Sounds easy. Okay, then. <laughs> Let's start the game. You say it sounds that easy. sounds easy. Let's see how yeah. you do first, Sue. So. Right, so uh, this first one is a comment from Thomas Platts. He says, my player of the year would be... I so want you to give him a new contract. He made a big difference against Chelsea and is a big player in midfield. Matter. Uh, oh, oh, Sue straight in there yeah. with a guess for matter. Nope. Abdul, what are you going for? I'm going under Herrera. Okay, so Sue, you went for Mata. Yeah. Sorry, Sue. Am I wrong? Under Herrera, though. <laughs> Bang on, Abdul. 1 0 to Abdul. In the YouTube comments game, you can tell I spent ages on this, can't you? Okay, this next one. Who should be United's Player of the Year? It's a comment from Ryle06. He says, I think it should be. 
He played his heart out. I remember how he unlocked the match when we played against Crystal Palace. Perfect attitude, in my opinion. Uh, Sue, you went first last time. Abdul, you've got to go first this time. Against Crystal Palace. Someone who plays their heart out with a perfect attitude. Who we reckon? Oh, no way, it's him. I'm thinking it can't be Lukaku because he had a brilliant game against Palace, but it can't be him. I'm just going to go Luke Shaw, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw, yeah. Luke Shaw's your guess. Sue, what are you saying? Uh, none of them played the heart out, did they? That's the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> against Crystal Palace, I think they did. Yeah, they're all right against Palace. I'm going to go with him, Luke Shaw. Okay. Because yep. I think, yeah, Luke, you know what? Luke Shaw tries all the time, yeah. I think. Plus he's a contender, isn't he, yeah. for it? So yeah. He is a contender. Yeah. Sorry, about him, I'm going to go with Luke Shaw with him. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, You're yeah. both going to go Luke Shaw? <laughs> Bang on, correct. <laughs> Luke Shaw, right. It's 2-1 to Abdul then at the minute. Yeah. We'll do another one. Uh, this is a comment from Prince Fresh. He says, I'll go for an outsider in... I think he's done brilliant in his first season. Coming in so young with only a few senior games and making a great impact. Okay, Sue, we'll Dalla, go with you first. Be Dalla, yeah. You're going to say Dalla. Yeah. Are you going to say Abdullah? You're going to say Dalla as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're both absolutely bang on. Should we do one more before we move on? Yeah. Do one yeah. more. Go on then, one more. Draw level. This is a, a comment from, from Sam Powdell. Sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong there, if you're watching, Sam. It says, I think it should be... By his st high standard, he has dropped down a level, but I still think he's our best player this year. Ooh, I'm going to go Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba for yeah. Abdul? No, is that, yeah, I was going to say Paul Pogba. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the by his standards thing yeah. that gave it away yeah. a bit, didn't it? Well, yeah, 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 you're both right. Right, well done. You, you've got a clean house <laughs> there, full house there, oh, Abdul. Yeah. Well done. Uh, right, then let's talk about player of the year then and, and on to who we think it should be. Please do get your calls in 0345 111 and uh, discuss it with you, with us. Abdul, who you say, mate? Oh, it's a hard or, one. Or, or when I say player of the year, what when you start thinking, who are the names that instantly Victor jump Victor Lindelof jumps at me. Yeah. Luke Shaw as well. Um, and then Paul Pogba would have at one point. I, I'm just going to go Victor Lindelof. I think... Since that game at Juventus at home, which we lost, he was absolutely brilliant on the, when they were countering us towards the end of that game against Douglas Costa, Ronaldo. And then I think that sort of gained confidence from then. And he's just been immense. He's been our best player, you know, week in, week out at times since then. So it's got to be Victor Lindelof. I mean, Luke Shaw deserves a shout. He's, he's had a lot of struggles over the years since that injury. And I think if we had a better fullback on the other side, complimenting him and allowing him to go forward and have a bit more freedom. He has been hesitant at times, but I think once you build a defence around him, we'll see the best of Luke Shaw. And he's already matched his career assists that he had before United just with, within one season. So it does show that he has improved going forward this season. So Luke Shaw deserves an honourable shout, but Victor Lindelof has well, it for me. I was going to say, should we get a top three from everyone then? Everyone in the studio yeah. and, and everyone on the phone. Oh, well. top three, Who yeah. your top three be? You've got Lindelof at number one, Shaw oh. at two. Um, oh, I'm going to have to give Pogba for, Pogba. for, the, for that period under our league. I'll have to give it Pogba. He was too good in that He period. was unplayable in yeah. that period, but it was a short period. Yeah. Uh, Sue, who's your top three then? Player of the year for United this season. I know it's a difficult question. That, that's the thing, right? You think of that. You know, you should have like five or six players that you yeah. could pick from. Yeah. Um, 
I'm doing Luke Shaw because I think he puts 100, 110% in every time and he tries um, and he's had some really good games. So I'm going Luke Shaw, mm-hmm. Lindelof. Yeah. And my third, I, I can't say Pogba, um, but I'm not really sure who else it would be, to be honest. I, I don't. I, I don't think I've got a third. <laughs> <laughs> he got quite a few goals and assists this year, at the very least, Paul Pogba. Know, but so he's, surely he's really disappointing, he's... isn't he? That's the thing. He's letting us down because he'll play good against Cardiff, and then he. he he's, I know he. You know. I, I can't go with Pogba, I'm afraid. Okay. I don't know who else. Okay. Dalot for effort. Uh, yeah, it's a Dalot, decent shout. Yes, Dalot. Dalot, third. Dalot in third place. Yeah. Uh, we've got Mike on the phone, 0345 if you want to get in touch with the excess Manchester football social tonight. Mike, who would your top three player of the year contenders be for United this year? Um, personally, first of all, I wanted to say hi to all you guys. Hope you guys are all right. Hello, Mike. Thanks, Good to have you on. Um, for me personally... Um, I think Pogba has been our player of the season. Okay. Um, I think a lot in that in that on that particular subject. I think a lot of football fans have a um, short memory. You know, this was someone who didn't have a preseason, having come back from playing the maximum amount of time that he could spend in an international tournament. Obviously, France won the World Cup, and he didn't have a preseason. He came back first game of the season. He was our best player, having played having had no preseason, and he kept Jose Mourinho in the job longer than he should have been in that job, especially when you consider all the rumours that were coming out. I think it was the Newcastle game and Jose Mourinho lasted at least another month and that was mainly down to Paul Pogba. So I feel like a lot of fans, because of the fact that they've seen such an upturn in performance during Solskjaer's reign, um, they forget what um, Pogba was doing under Jose Mourinho. Granted, he did have a couple of stinkers, but Lindelof and Shaw, who I think a lot of people have mentioned mm. for the running for the award, none of them played in terms of their position to the level that Pogba did. Pogba carried Manchester United during the period of Jose Mourinho. So for me, it'll be Pogba, and then I'll probably be it'll probably be a toss up um, in the other two slots, probably between Lindelof and Shaw. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I think it is sort of a, a, a slightly an effect of this. I think that Lindelof and Luke Shaw are probably at the minute like seven, eight out of ten players who have maybe had a level above where they're actually at this season. And Paul Pog was a nine out of yeah. ten player, ten out of ten player who's had a few levels below where he's usually at. But. Is it, does that not make it even more frustrating with Paul Pogba, Mike? Because if he, I know he has. If you, I know I, I understand where you're coming from, saying he's our player of the year. I understand considering him our best player this year, but he's still been nowhere near good enough, has he? Um, Pogba can do a lot more. Yeah. I'm not one. I'm a big fan of Pogba. I am not one am. to say that I'm going to absolve him of the blame completely. He can do a lot more. I mean, even me as one of his biggest fans, I can point out a couple of games where he's had stinkers. You know, Southampton away, Juventus away in the Champions League. You know, like he was poor. PSG at home, he could have done better, you know. So he can do better, yes. But again, in my opinion, like I thought even the likes of Shaw, um, his his, um, ratings for his performances for me have been inflated. I think at times he's actually been very, very average. I think sometimes he's actually lazy defensively. And as a result, he picks up a lot of bookings because he doesn't want to get close to the winger. He'd rather give them five yards of space to get across him and not risk getting beaten, you know. And I feel like, for me, if Manchester United actually want to get back to the levels that they were at, a top club would probably have Luke Shaw the way he is right now as backup. Because I don't think Luke Shaw has progressed anywhere near we thought he would when we, when we first signed him. But that's just my personal opinion. I mean, I, 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 sorry, Mike, in, yeah. in Luke Shaw's defence, he did, of course, have that injury, you know, halfway course, through his time course, at United. Of course, of course, of course. 
and um, the last point I wanted to make without taking too much of you guys' time. No, um, no. I came on here. I came on here last week, um, and I made a point about social, and I made a point also about Pogba because I've heard people. I, I was listening to one interview um, on, on you guys' channel last week, and someone was saying that Pogba was a virus and whatnot. You know, I couldn't believe it. But I also made a point that um, social isn't up to the job, and I think what we saw against Chelsea last week is another example that backs up my point. Now, David De Gea should not have played that game last week. He should not have played. But for me, and this is what for me is a glaring flaw in Solskjaer's character and why I don't think he's fit for a role in such in a, in a club as big as Manchester United, he didn't have the balls to say, you know what, David De Gea, sit these final three games out of the season. Man United still had a touching chance of being in the top four last week. And now we're relying on snookers. And I heard Gary Neville say that, you know, if you drop David De Gea, you lose him forever. What kind of nonsense is that? That's basically saying that he can't be held, he can't be held accountable for poor performances. Don't get me wrong, I'm not discrediting what he did in all of those years before, but Manchester United have three games left this season. We're not in January. We no. are in April, May. Well, we have three games left. I think that's why he played. Yeah. I think if it was the middle of the season... I think Romero would have got a game. I think with it being towards okay. the end of the season and being at game against Chelsea, it would have looked so yeah. bad for Solskjaer to throw Romero in and him make a mistake. Okay, okay. So hear, hear it from my angle, guys, because I hear your point completely okay. and I understand why you say that. My point is Manchester United still had a touching chance. No, a decent chance. Because if we beat Chelsea last week, we, we have Huddersfield and Cardiff and we would have taken points off a direct rival. Hmm. David De Gea plays in goal. David De Gea's mistakes are costing Manchester United goals, and those goals that we are conceding are costing us vital points. Do you understand? Yeah. A manager for me with balls would have said, David De Gea, you know what? Because people, people make this um, claim that it would affect his confidence. We have three games left. He would have had the whole summer and even extra time off to reset mentally and make his decision on whether he wants to stay at Man United or not and come back refreshed. Do you understand? And we've got a more than able... Um, able um, more than capable goalkeeper in Romero, who could have filled in for him, and Solskjaer but, um, couldn't couldn't um, didn't um, have the authority to say, you know what, David Hayer, don't play, and as a result, it's cost us top four. Do you understand? I I, I I could not understand why he was playing. He's made goal. He's made um, errors directly leading to goals against Man City. He's done it against Barcelona. You know, and uh, like I said, three games. What harm would it have done? It wouldn't have done any harm. But that's my opinion on the person. Do you know what, Mike? I actually agree with you. We talked about this before the show and I said, yeah. uh, didn't say to you guys, we should have yeah. dropped um, De Gea um, just to tell him to go away, sort his head out, see where he's at yeah. and put Romero in because I think Romero is probably one of the best um, substitute goalkeepers in the oh, Premier yeah. League at the minute. I, I, um, because, I, I, you know, I, I said I when it's strikers that have lost the confidence... Yeah. They, they drop them and for a little when, while when, just till they can build the confidence back up. And I do think that's what they should have done with De Gea. His confidence is gone. Um, but can I just ask you, did you want them to... Yeah. Um, did you want Oli to get the job when, when he first came in as caretaker manager? First and foremost, I think Manchester United should have waited until the end of the season to make a decision. It's not about the announcement, mm. it's about the decision. Because we are basing it off a run of form. Mm. That, is why, that is why Oli has got the job. So I look at it from this, and I mentioned this last week. Oli, I think, won 10 out of 11 games. Majority of Man United fans said, Oli for the job. Oli has now won two from his last 10. There's nothing wrong with anybody saying Oli isn't fit for the job. That's the way I look at it. For me, Manchester United have said yes to Oli and no to a manager in Pochettino who has 
far more of a resume. Who has He's lost 12 games in the top league top. this season. No team that has ever finished in the top four has lost 12 games guess, in the Premier League season. I agree with you, but, but guess, uh, it's just an angle you need to look at it in a similar way. It's like with the goalkeepers, Pep Guardiola, um, Klopp have all dropped um, goalkeepers before way too late. Mignolet made two, three mistakes before you know uh, Klopp had. Pep Guardiola went on game after game after game before putting Caballero over Bravo. I do understand your point and De Gea should have been dropped in that. I just think, feel like there's a bit of a like a over-criticism where Oli's just been thrown into the deep end. I agree with you, even though I wasn't with it. He sh- we should have waited until the end of the season. I just think sacking him in the summer is just going to get Ed Woodward out of it again. If, the, if, ask, if everything was structured above... Uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer and signings were already being made from now and there was a clear plan in place Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's performances and his players' performances on the pitch would have looked better and I think Ed Woodward just can't get out of this one this time and if he sacks him in the summer we're just going back in the same cycle um, that's a fair point to make. I don't, like I said, I don't want to take too much of you guys' time. But you made you made a point about Pochettino's Tottenham losing 12 games in the season. Yeah. They've lost 12 games and they are still above Man United and in a far better position in getting top four. Also, his team are in a Champions League semi-final. Having spent zilch this season. Zilch. They've spent nothing. Do you understand? That is Tottenham impressive. Are far better coached, but a far better coached team than Man United, whether mm. we were under Jose Mourinho or under Oli Solskjaer. Oli Solskjaer had a blueprint that he, he implemented that you could tell that maybe the players weren't accustomed to, but Oli Solskjaer still decides to play Ashley Young. <laughs> I don't see why Man United fans don't... I, 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 I think there's a lot of us who aren't happy with the Ashley Young thing, to be honest. What, but what excuse, what excuse does Oli have for still playing Ashley Young up until now? What excuse does he have for not playing Damian, who is an experienced international defender? I agree with you. I tell you what, like, we, need, we need Mike grilling Oli. Uh, next time we lose a game, let's just get Mike grilling Oli, and I think no, it might be all right. No, no, he makes valid points. points. Yeah, Mike, you make really good points, points and it's good to have you on the show, mate, because it, it gives us a different opinion and a different side yeah, of things. Yeah, look, don't get me wrong. I love I love Oli. You know, Oli brought a lot of joy to every Man United fan. Do you understand? Yeah. But we have, to be, we have to be real here. And I feel like a lot of Man United fans allow sentiment to sort of blind them from the flaws that he actually shows and exhibits day to day in his management of Manchester okay. United. Okay, Matt, you've, you've told us about loads of them, but we really appreciate you, Colin. We just got to go at the minute. 0345 111 Sorry to cut you off there, mate. Uh, let's head over to Osman on the phones now. Osman, what's the point you want to make, mate? I just want to say you guys are doing great job. <laughs> Thank uh, you, pal. Thanks, mate. Uh, no, no problem. Uh, listen, yeah, I just want to talk about this obsession with the fans regarding like, uh, like appointing uh, previous players such as Rio Ferdinand. They don't have the experience. The uh, Gary Neville doesn't have the experience to recruit players because the job they all like. You guys want to give Rio Ferdinand and Gary Neville. We already okay. gave a job to Oli, uh, Oli because mm. of uh, he used to be a like previous player of Man United. We didn't know if he was after the like after the first couple of games he done good job, but we didn't know what where, what he was going to do. Yeah, do you see what I mean. Yeah. Like, I, I know. Who, who would your shout be for director of football then, Osman? We should go to, like, Ajax. Have you seen the system of Ajax players? Yes. The way they recruit, the way they... Uh, Ajax, uh, we should go... Like, we should go to the small clubs, like Monaco. Monaco was doing great, getting, uh, like, good players at the beginning of their career from Lyon, uh, PSG, 
with potential. But we don't have that because we want Rio Ferdinand because he had good history with Man United and uh, Gary Neville had a good history with Man United. That's why we appointed uh, Oli because the fans said, oh, it's Oli, we, we need to appoint I, I mean, Oli. I think we appointed Oli because we won like 12 games out of 12, didn't we, mate? Yeah, no, 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 no. Because you could win 12 games. Have you seen the 12 games we won? Yeah, yeah, but Jose Mourinho wasn't winning him. <laughs> We're not talking about Jose Mourinho, are we? No. The problem is he was better than Jose Mourinho, but a lot of coaches would have been. I would have done a better job than Jose Mourinho was <laughs> being They didn't want to play for him. Uh, Osman, really appreciate your call, mate. Oh three four five triple one seven six two five. Get involved with the football social tonight. Uh, what are your thoughts then from Osman about Jose? I want, I want to speak about um, the, the earlier. Was it Mike that we had on? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was a brilliant phone call because he made some good points. I'm actually, so sorry, for I, Ollie. I, sorry, I had to cut you off, Mike. Yeah, it was it was a good conversation. So uh, we we might need to get him on a longer show definitely, next time. Definitely. So of course, a lot of conflicting opinions. But he almost made a point that supports Ole Gunnar Solskjaer when he talked about being accustomed to his style. And I think from what I've heard from within the first two days of Oli getting the job is in training, the, the, the football was a lot faster. Um, the other thing was he wanted them to play aggressive football, winning the ball back and having the front three players staying further up the pitch and, and staying on the counter. And that was a style, almost sort of what Liverpool were doing and what the best teams in Europe do. The issue is, is these players aren't accustomed to playing a full season like that. You look at them pulling up with injuries, similar to when Jurgen Klopp uh, started at Liverpool. He didn't have the best of starts because of the same thing. He couldn't implement what he wanted. You look at Liverpool, Jordan Henderson, Milner are performing better in the midfield than majority of our midfielders because they're accustomed to what's needed. The best teams in Europe, forget the, ta- forget the tactics and forget the, the ability of some of the players in Europe. The best teams, if even if you look at City with the money they spent, you win the ball back quick in midfield and you keep control of the game. Unfortunately, these players were lazy under Jose Mourinho. At the same time, Jose Mourinho slowed them down. His style was different. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's had a bit of a, a sort of weird feeling with the players where they're still accustomed to Jose Mourinho and, and they can't handle playing that press in midfield. They're just, they're not on that level. And, and they, so loads of those players need to be replaced in the summer. It's a fitness problem then. Fitness problem. Definitely. Uh, Matic, he hasn't got in him to play in a, in a modern midfield three. No. And I think that's a problem that we've currently got with the likes of Matic in that team. Whereas Herrera can, if he has someone alongside him, and Paul Pogba can, if he's get, like at Juventus, he had Vidal, Perlo, Marquiso, who can complement Herrera. So again, it's about finding the right replacements. Um, uh, around the Pogba and Herrera instead of someone like Maich. So, do you think Man United are unfair at the minute? Well, I'd like to think they're not unfit, but I agree with everything uh, Abdul says. In the, don't forget, under Mourinho and Van Gaal, the football was really negative, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, whereas now, it's it's faster because that's the way Ollie's used to playing. So, I, 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 whether they're unfit, I'd, I'd like to think they're not unfit if they're doing all the training. Yeah. I think it just could be psychological as well, that they're so used to stepping back and not pushing forward. Yeah, definitely. I don't know whether it was Arsenal. It wasn't Arsenal. this last When we had Mourinho, not this well, last year, we played Arsenal at Old mm. Trafford when we drew. And I remember sitting there just trying to say, come on, just push. They won't push forward because they've been yeah, told yeah. to stay back. And I think that's just instilled in them. 
Well, surely yeah, the, 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 the styles definitely surely. had an effect on them. Van Halen, yeah. Mourinho. You think all them since yeah. you know since they've been there, they've been used to playing defensive. That's why I think it's time to to bring fresh blood in, yes. not just going out in Europe and buying players left, right, and centre, but blooding some of those youth um, players because some of them are brilliant and. They are capable of playing that that uh, press, and they're still young, so oh, I'd bring them through. Three, four, five, triple one, seven, six, two, five. If you want to get in touch with the show tonight, or you can drop us a text eight double seven double one. On the way next, we are going to be looking ahead to the weekend. Obviously, playing Huddersfield on Sunday. Uh, in fact, actually, before we do that, I should actually just check the league table one second, just see uh, how possible top four is. Hang on, one minute, one minute, one minute. I don't think it is. Ah. Oh, Manchester United Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Manchester Football Social. Hey, so here's what happened then. I pressed the button to uh, go to a break. And the break didn't play. So we're back on, on the Excess Manchester Football Social. Let's look ahead to the weekend, guys. We can do it. They're all running about outside. I don't know why. It's no drama. We're all professionals, you know. Right, so here's the situation. Two games left. We're in sixth place with three points off the top four with what is essentially an unreachable goal difference at this point. Is it possible, Abdul? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't see it. I can't see it happening. You know what? The, the only glimmer of hope, the only glimmer of hope is the fact that Chelsea play Watford and Leicester. And they play, like, I think, Leicester away. Well, there it is. We've got, we've got Huddersfield, Cardiff. Chelsea have Watford, Leicester. And That's yeah. why if we beat Chelsea, I think we would have made top four. Yeah. And Arsenal, Arsenal still have Brighton and Burnley away as well, which is a tough one. Sue, do you think it's possible? 
No, before oh. the Chelsea game. No, I know, very negative. I'm a, I'm a positive third person, me, Gaz, but mm. at the minute, no, it's before Chelsea. If we'd have beaten, we'd have won them, I'd have said, yeah, we're going to do it. But we're just not going to do it and we're relying on other teams. I mean, nobody wants to finish fourth, do they? Look at Arsenal's results. It, honestly, it I, was ours for the taking. It was ours for the taking and we've just, we've blew it, basically. And as I say, if we'd have had Romero in at the Chelsea game, then it might have been a different story. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I, I said exactly that last week. I said it seems yeah. like no one wants top four. Yeah. Was, uh, we should just all give it to Wolves, I think. Well, uh, hey, we, they're very deserving. They, uh, yeah. Anonymous caller on know. the phones right now on the XS Manchester Football Social. What's your name there, mate? <laughs> Hello? Okay, I don't think he's there, but we do have Mohammed on line one. Uh, Mohammed, you give us a call on 0345 What do you want to chat to us about today, mate? Uh, basically, I just want to chat about uh, David De Gea. Okay, great. Let's get into it. Like last week, I, I came on the show and I said, you know what, he's given us uh, six, years, six years of good service since uh, Ferguson left. He's been our most consistent player. The amount of saves that he's made, that won his games and the amount of points we've won because of him. But you know what? I've had enough now. I want him out of my club. And that's all I've got to say. I'm fed up with this guy. Mistakes after mistakes. Whoa! I should have Whoa! Sorry. He's like a striker. You know, when a striker plays, good games. Yeah. He has a bad patch. And he's going through bad patch. And he's cost us top four. He's cost us... God knows how many amount of, you know, millions that Man United are going to lose. That money could have been used for signings. But you know what? I want David De Gea. I want Mato out that club and um, Herrera I'm disappointed he's got to go well Mohammed, I'm sorry man that, just, that was a massive gear change then I didn't yeah. see that one coming um, right so let's get let's unpack this David De Gea needs to leave the club because he's cost the club loads of money because we've not got Champions League this season right? Absolutely. Look at the deal for Adidas. If we Man United don't make top four, they're going to lose a lot of percent of uh, yeah. for the Adidas fees, nothing... their sponsor fees every single year. Mohammed, I mean, do you not think? Uh, do you not think that um, putting uh, putting it all on Dad, this one mistake by David De Gea in one game, putting a whole season mistake. on that, it's is quite simplistic? Ashley Young would have cost us like a hundred million by now. Last week I rang up and I said, you know what? Uh, Phil Dawson to get section, uh, sang, uh, section. But you know what? Something needs to happen to him. And Matic, I didn't get a chance to finish last week, but Matic, <laughs> like, I couldn't believe Matic was beaten by uh, Bernard for a header. Matic is six or four. Bernard is five foot four, five foot two. God knows how small he is. Like some of these players, they need to get gone. And, and I'm sorry, I'm Fred. I want to see him gone as well. I don't even think he's a Brazilian. He's because he's, he's, he's a fake. Mohammed, do you actually like anybody at the club at the minute? It's not. It's not about liking. Because to be honest, a lot, a lot of um, ex pundits or ex players, I mean, or pundits are all trying to blame on Pogba. But you know what? It's not Pogba. Like he's one of our most consistent players. Look at how much he's done since Solskjaer came in. Herrera, he's another player. Right? He's humble. Oh, I really like him. He gives it his all. He might not be the best player on that team, but he puts his he puts his heart into the club. And it's a disappointment. Phil Jones, um, uh, Ashley Young, all these people getting contracts. And and this is one of our like he, he puts it he, he puts everything into the club. And and this is what we've done to him. We've just not even offered him a new contract. He only wants what an extra thirty grand, but we can pay Sanchez an extra. 400 grand a week it doesn't make sense this club 
Woodward out as well. I want him gone as well. I think he's probably the most important. Delete the club, basically. Mohammed, appreciate your call, mate. 0345 7625. Get in touch with the XS Manchester Football Social anytime you want. Uh, We have Tyrone on the phone as well. Tyrone, welcome to the show. Tyrone on the phone. I don't think Tyrone wants to speak to us. Okay, we'll hopefully get him on next. Uh, but what did you guys make of Mohammed then? His point about oh. David Dea. Maybe, ma- maybe he's still just on a bit of post-traumatic stress from the so Chelsea I've, game. I've just done a video um, last night with with someone on YouTube in regards to David Dea's situation and and sort of broke down the options, what plays he can buy. Does he deserve to be dropped? All of that. Personally, with David De Gea, I mean, Mohamed's gone on there about selling him straight away. The issue that I find with with selling David De Gea, it might be the right time to cash in on him if you Mm -hmm. re-sign his contract because PSG and Juventus will spend that money and will pay his contract. Unlike the likes of Ashley Young, Phil Jones and, and whoever that is, whoever else, teams aren't willing to pay their contract. So you will, even if you re-sign his contract on a high one, the big teams in Europe will pay his contract. The issue is, what's the point of having David De Gea if we're not building our defence in front of him? It's damaging his reputation. It's damaging Manchester United. It just, it's not working both ways. And that's my issue with David De Gea. And we've been hearing that he's wanted assurances in terms of signings and all that. How is he, how is he going to be confident commanding his box and coming out to collect the ball the thing is, David De Gea does lack in his game in terms of starting us on counter-attacks. With the ball at his feet, it is something that I've dug him out for at times. The thing is, I, I sort of blame the defence ahead of him because how is he going to trust giving the ball to Chris Marley and receiving it back? Mm. It's just it's so, it's so unfortunate that after this bad run of form, a lot of people have turned on him. I, I say you drop him, like we've been saying here. Don't say, you know, just cash in on him and sell him like that. I mean, there are logical ways of doing it. If he's not happy to stay, well, like I said, you you can't just you know go on about selling I him like he's Phil Jones. Was a, bit, a bit harsh on yeah. your hair, to be honest. He was that, yeah, he's having a bad time, and that's the only reason I wanted him dropped. Not because of the oh, you dropped your rubbish, off you go. He just needs to try and sort his head out. Um, I'd keep him. I'd keep the hair. I wouldn't sell him. I think. Mohammed was harsh, as I said, but uh, I just think he's just having a bad time and uh, we've yeah. got a lot to thank him for. And we do, we you do. Know. And off the back of this season, uh, I'll be honest, I don't think we'd get an awful lot for him, but I do yeah. still think yeah. he's a, a brilliant... I think if we resign his contract to get over 100 mil for him uh, I, I, off Paris or Juventus, um, and I'd, if that does happen, I'd personally replace him with Onana from Ajax. He's a brilliant all-rounded goalkeeper. That's a different story, though. But the thing is, it's go. a different story if we were to sell him for however yeah. much we sell him for, whether we actually invest that money properly because yeah, knowing United we won't we'd sell him for oh, we recalled Dean Henderson instead of allowing him that season the Premier League that he needs which will be typical of us because he does need that one more year it really would be prem. typical of us uh, we've got Adnan on the phone Adnan welcome to the football social what points do you want to make pal hello everyone how you doing hello mate is, is, your, name, is your name Adnan yeah great name great name uh, go on then what points do you want to make mate I, I just want to talk about the last two games of the season first of all like, okay I'll, I'll be honest, top four is very, very unlikely. We're looking at a miracle to get that. But we've got last few games. Let's put some of the young blood in there. You know, I want to see Greenwood start, get Ethan Laird out right back. I'm tired of seeing Ashley Young's name on that team sheet. You know, let's just go out, get, get some players in that you know are going to work. We'd be lacking work rate. And like the young lads, no matter what they do, they always give 100% for the shirt. And so yeah. we'd be missing. So I'd like to see that. 
Okay, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. So which players have you been thinking of then? Players with a high work rate? So obviously, out of the three, Mason Greenwood has to start because I heard Russian was out with the Knicks and then maybe Lukaku was something good. So there was an opportunity to play him up front. And then I don't want to see Ashley Young there. I just don't want to see Ashley Young in the team. Please, please, please God, no Ashley Young, all right? Yeah. And then it's a good. Got to get Ethan. Go on, who are you shouting there? What's that? I've not asked Ethan Laird yet. Ethan Ed, great. Like, he's, yeah. I've been watching the under 19, under 18 and stuff, and he's been really good to them. Yeah, so he's been brilliant. There. Yeah, let's, like, you got, like, it's the end of the season. Let's, let's reward those players, the young players that played well this season, and let's give them a chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that, especially if we get to the point where, I mean, I, I mean, we've got two games now left to go, but if, if top four is out the equation after the Huddersfield game, I'd like to just see us play all the youngsters, to yeah. be honest. I want to see Jimmy Garner and Greenwood. They're about both number ones. Because Jimmy is a brilliant midfielder, and and at the same time Mason Mason Greenwood, how can he not play him? I've never in my lifetime watched any play. I've watched Ravel Morris at the top of his game at that level. Never watched anyone do it like Mason Greenwood has, and I think it's time that he steps in that team. Adnan, uh, feel free to give us a call next week, mate. Sure, we'll do, Good to have you on the football social. Oh three four five triple one seven six two five. Well, that's a, a quite a, a nice sort of uplifting point to end tonight's show on yeah. because, yeah. Uh, I mean, doing these shows towards the end of the season, it's hard to stay too positive with the state United are in. But Mason Greenwood, he's breaking records left, right, and centre. Like this kid's only what, is he seventeen still? Yeah, he's uh, eight, 17, 18. He's either way, he's just yeah, eighteen. Either way, he's, he's mint. So get him in that team. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Sue, have you seen much of Mason? No, not really. I don't watch the um, youth team, if I'm honest. No, I've just obviously read about him on Twitter and what have you. But no, I've, I've not seen much of him, but I've heard about him. Heard yeah. lots of people raving about him. Breaking records um, uh, left, right yeah. and centre. But I think, yeah, put the youngsters out. But let's not forget, we are still in with a chance of top four. So we need to get six points from these two games. These are games that we should win, but you just never know. So really... Put them in, but you know we still need the six points, don't we? The, the, the thing I'd is, like with to finish the season on a high, yeah. we don't want to finish. You know, the last game of the season at Car- it's Cardiff, and yeah. then we're all disappointed. We want to go out on a high. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's why you need to get the right mix. I think Jimmy Garner genuinely improves our midfield, yeah. and oh, that's my thing because he finds yeah. a forward pass. The other day, I went to watch him at Old Trafford for the 23s, and there was a brilliant goal. I don't know if you've seen it or not. The back heel off Nishan Berka, yes. and it all started from Jimmy Garner. Spraying a, a, a Pogba esque 70 yard pass across the pitch. It lands on Mason Green, who does a couple of step overs, gets in a box, Burt Cart, then back heels it in. And just watching them do it every week. And Jimmy Garner, not once in that game, turned around and passed it to centre half. So I was watching him all game, instantly on the turn, just like Busquets. And that's what we want to see in that team. And I think he instantly improves as a midfield because he looks forward, which the man you might doesn't do enough and he's too slow. Up. Pat is just finished. He was finished last season, wasn't yeah. he? That's yeah. the thing. This is this is the thing. These players were finished last yeah. season, and it worries me that some of the players we're saying should be gone now this summer are probably going to get another year now. Oh, I don't. Well, when no. they said Jones and uh, Ashley Young got extended contracts, I thought it was a joke. Uh, oh yeah, someone's someone's <laughs> taking the Mickey. <laughs> I think we would do. Uh, let, let's look ahead to our game on Sunday. Then we've got Huddersfield away. Um, they've given us plenty of problems in the past, of course. Uh, Sue, what do we want to see from that game? Just a bit of intent from the lads, innit? Yeah, bit lift up, try positivity, get, get the three points. Basically, it's all right. I mean, they're already down, aren't they, Huddersfield? They are down, aren't they? 
The uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, they were down yeah, ages down ago. A few weeks yeah. ago. Down so, ages you know, ago. Positive. Probably why I forgot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get some goals in, and yeah, maybe put a couple of the youngsters in. But we still need the seniority in the team because we've got to go for the six points. We, you know, we need the three points. We need to finish on a high, not come away from there feeling, you know, demotivated again. Yeah. You know, we've had such a high when he first came in, and we're at that lull again. And I, do you know what I feel like? I feel like we're all dead miserable again and we're calling United. I don't want to call my team because I'll support them no matter what. If we don't get Champions League, it doesn't matter. I'll be disappointed, but I don't want to sit here. Exactly. Like yeah. Arsenal and end up like Arsenal TV. I don't want that. No. Let's we, finish on a high. Yeah, I know. And it, But every now and then it is, it is okay to have a moan. Well, it is okay to have a moan. <laughs> we, we, we're entitled to have a moan. We are manks after to all. turn into Arsenal TV and, no. you know, I'll yeah. still support them. Somebody said the other day they're not going to renew the season ticket because we've not got Champions League. Ah, football. well, that's just... I mean, that's, you know, Yeah, rubbish. that's Obviously. silly. Probably that... just bought it this season, maybe, and thought I'm not going again. Uh, right, well, that has been the Excess <laughs> Manchester Football Social uh, Full Time Devils Takeover. We do this every Thursday, 7 pm. Uh, before we go, actually, score predictions for Sunday. Abdul? Uh, I'll go with a positive one 3 0. Yeah. Mason Greenwood gets one. Yes, go on, see what you're saying. I was going 2 0. I'm not that positive for more than two goals. 2 0, but definitely a win. I'm going super positive. I'm going to say. Four, four nil. Right, four nil. That's positive. what I think. Get them positive vibes down there. I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like now. I feel like now that the players don't think they're going to get top four and the pressure's off a little bit, and we'll probably just start playing brilliant for the next two days. And then we'll make up the goal difference, and we'll make yeah. top four with Chelsea uh, oh. slipping up at last yeah. at the end of the season. That's exactly what's happening. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> what's happening. Right. On the way, it's the excess Manchester evening show tonight. It's a, a full album playback of the Stone Roses debut album for the thirty year anniversary of what is for me not just the finest debut album ever but the finest album ever so that's what you've got to look forward to it's all on the way on excess we'll see you next week at seven excess manchester